Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to be answering your questions. Got a lot of good ones coming in talking about what to do when the power goes out. We've been dealing with that in a lot of different parts of the country. We're also going to be looking at VR headsets. And while we don't have any actual physical events back on the calendar yet, but we're hoping for later this year, there is going to be a builder workshop with Silicon and Adam Savage. And they're going to be looking at building a costume piece, specifically an arm guard. So we'll have to see how that comes out. We'll go ahead and get the links to that on social media. They're accepting 200 people to actually get the kit to be able to do it. And anybody else can get on there and watch it. Today's news is brought to you by Smockville Brewhouse in Old Town Sherwood a high-end eatery where one can enjoy reasonably priced but classy and updated bar foods, along with local brews and wines. See smockvillebrewhouse.com for more information. So what's in the news? Texas Power Grid crumples under the cold. Yeah, this last week has been a week of storms. I hope everybody out there is safe and at least able to stay warm to some extent. I know up here in Portland we had uh, ice storm, one of the biggest ones that has ever hit the area and hit some parts of the area that were really not ready for it, took out our power, internet, all that kind of stuff, uh, places in the dark for days. And mm -hmm. um, But our problem up here was due to physical damage to the infrastructure, lose, loss of power lines, that kind of thing from the ice storm. And what's going on in Texas seems to be different in that there's not enough energy to run it in combination with damage to the infrastructure. And there's a lot going on here. The cold has taken a lot of their natural gas and other plants offline, frozen some of the wind turbines. So all the way around, they're not able to produce the energy. So they've started doing these rolling blackouts uh, where your power will go down intentionally for two hours, something like that, and then come back on. But that's not working real well either. So it's just turned into a huge mess. And the problem with this type of thing is not just the inconvenience. But with this bitter cold that we're all having as a part of all of this, it can be very dangerous. And it's very important to remember that do not run anything with a gasoline engine like a generator inside your house. Don't yeah, run propane yeah. heat inside your house. Any of that stuff, anything that it'll, burns it'll the fuel. It'll poison you. Yeah. yeah. It'll kill you. The carbon monoxide, <laughs> you won't smell it. You just won't wake up. And it's very scary and very dangerous. I was using a generator up here, and you can safely do it if the generator's outside. You follow the instructions that comes with it. I just ended up running an extension cord through a window to power what I needed. And uh, it's a portable one, obviously, so that worked. But it's just something to, uh, you, you know, we'll get through it. But it is just really, really something that goes to show that with all the things that are changing, it's going to be very important for these operators that do the different power grids in different places. And it's not just Texas. It's not whatever part of the country you're in. And make sure that they can stand up to the more really more powerful weather storms, more severe weather storms that we've been getting. Microsoft analyzes solar winds attack. Yeah, so this is very interesting. Microsoft has come out with some things that they found on this that are a little bit scary. One of them is, is that there's the fingerprints of over a thousand programmers doing different things for the attack, which makes it what? much, much uh, larger. thousand people. So you, they had like, it looks like 1,000 people got together to do this? 1,000 plus developers' fingerprints on the SolarWinds attack is the headline from Microsoft. 
Ew. Yeah, and, that's uh, pretty bad. That's yeah, creepy. Yeah, thousand or more developers. Uh, largest and most sophisticated attack the world has ever seen. Uh, these are some of the takeaways from Microsoft's analysis. Uh, if anyone understands the havoc a thousand developers can create, it's Microsoft. That's an interesting statement <laughs> for a variety <laughs> of reasons. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but the point is, is they still aren't completely sure what um, this is going to completely lead to. And the reality of the situation is to fix the networks that this has affected is requiring, in many cases, a ground-up rebuild. You turn it off and you start over from scratch because security experts don't know exactly what areas have been affected and if they've been able to get it all out of a network that has been compromised. Wow. CD Project Red has been hacked. CG Project Red has brought a Cyberpunk 2077, a game mm-hmm. that I like when it works, and on the PC it seems to work pretty well now. Uh, still having some problems on the consoles. They also made Witcher 3 and a number of other things. And the, their games are usually pretty good. Cyberpunk, like I say, has had some problems to where it probably wasn't ready for release yet. But what's happened now is they were a victim of ransomware. And some uh-huh. hackers got into their system and basically, you give us money or we're going to release information. It's been confirmed that the source code to Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 were sold on the dark web. Uh, they refuse to pay the ransom, so it is out there now. And <laughs> it doesn't seem to be something that's necessarily affecting the gamers or the users, but it's still something no company that develops software wants their source code to be released. Yeah. VLC to get new user interface with an update this year. So I think we should probably start with what is VLC. Yeah, that was my question. Was that? <laughs> and uh, VLC is an open source video player. It's been around for a long time. If anybody's used it, you might relate it to the traffic cone, which is their icon. Yes. And um, it's oh. it's uh, it's uses a number of different codecs, and it's compatible with a lot of different things. I know in my experience with dealing with video online, it is definitely something that uh, I like. It's widely <coughs> compatible. You can even put it on something like a Fire TV and be able to just play videos with it on your Fire TV on your television. So it has a lot of different things. They're upgrading to uh, version 4.0 this year, and they are overhauling the user interface, which is actually probably a good idea because the one they have is starting to look a bit dated. And it's going to be interesting to see what they end up coming up with here. But if it's anything like the product's been, it's one of those things you install it and it just works. I've always been really happy with it. Jaguar cars going electric? In 2025, if you buy a new Jaguar, it will be an electric vehicle. At least that's according to Jaguar. So, so are they going to have like 12 batteries in the car? Because I remember seeing a Jaguar engine. It had like, it was like a V12 or something, something crazy yes. like that. And Jaguar is very much known for performance. And I don't think that this will be any different. I think we're going to see cars that have a, a good kick, good get up and go if it matches their reputation. Jaguar, and you talk about a number of different batteries. If you look at Tesla, we just had one that was in an accident and had thrown batteries everywhere around it, and there were a lot more than 12. So electric cars are full of batteries and a lot of batteries. So, yes, I think you'll get your 12 batteries. I think you'll probably get more. (laughs) Rush Limbaugh dies at 70. Yeah, like him or hate him, Rush Limbaugh has been for his career a conservative radio host among other things, and he had lung cancer. He smoked a lot, and his wife confirmed this week that he passed away at the age of 70 from that condition. 
Cancer is one of those things I wish that they would come up with a solution to. I think getting our COVID vaccine and all that shows what happens when the whole world puts their mind on something. Maybe hopefully the next one will be cancer. Sony PS5 controllers illustrate defect. So So where's that going to lead us? Yeah, the PlayStation (laughs) 5, you can't get it. Some people have. I mean, they are out there, but they're very difficult to come by. We've talked in the past shows about how they're being scalped and sold for thousands of dollars on sites yeah. like eBay and other things. I, in fact, I think the highest I ever saw one was $50,000. I have no idea if it sold for that, but that was what it was listed for. That's crazy. That's great. And it's just video games. I mean, it, it seems like I know production has been an issue. Uh, COVID has created shortages on microprocessors and microchips in a lot of ways, and this is part of what's going on. Isn't just Sony, Microsoft, even Nintendo Switch has had production issues partially related to stuff like that. But what this is, is for people that actually did get lucky enough or managed to get one, the controllers that come with them uh, are not working quite right in some cases, and they're having a problem called drift. And what this is, is something for gamers that is really annoying, that you can have your controller and not touch anything on it, and your character on the screen will move like you are. So that's what the drift is. And in a lot of these games that require very quick response, no leg, that type of thing, if something like this happens, it can really damage the gameplay and make it not usable. And what they've been finding has been going on here is people that are trying to get warranty help from Sony are not being helped. They're having to pay shipping to send it in. They're having to deal with all this kind of stuff. In fact, right now, a class action lawsuit is in the works. A number of people saying that if we had known about this defect, we wouldn't have bought it. But the flip mm-hmm. side of it is, is if there is a problem like that, you, you should be fixed when it comes out. I know with video games, Especially. early adopters have run into things. We all remember the Red Ring of Death on the Xbox a number of years ago and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of if you're going to support it, support it. But if you don't, that's when you get into trouble. This is User Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. After the break, we're going to have your Q&A section. We're going to be talking about a number of different things. Gretchen's going to be talking about a new game, Star Wars related, of course. (laughs) Coming up after the break. Welcome back. This is user-friendly 2.0. A lot of the country is freezing, or has been. I know up Uh here in the uh, Portland area, we uh, definitely had a, let's just say, interesting weekend last weekend. One of the most brutal ice storms that's hit the area in a very long time, if ever. And uh, we had the power out in this last week. Texas has and is still having a lot of problems with their power grid. And we're hearing things from other parts of the country. I don't know. Let me get an opinion, Jeremy, Gretchen. Do you think we have developed too much of a reliance on technology? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think culturally, we have just kind of gotten used to it, and we take a lot of things for granted. Yep. I think that's fair. All right, Jeremy, let's start with you. Why yes, but no? Okay. First, we have all these things that have to happen now, 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 now. And the only, only way we can do that is using technology. You know, everything is instant. I remember being able to use a a regular landline phone and call somebody. And if they weren't there, you'd leave a message and then they would call you back when they're home. Right. 
Now it's like, you know, you call somebody and you expect them to pick it up almost before you're finished dialing. Right. You know, and then that's, that's crazy. I know. Yeah, it, it, it's strange. It's, it, it's how technology has really changed us culturally. Yeah. We're now become, have become very impatient because we expect everything to happen so quickly. I know this has been an issue and, uh, one that uh, I, I I'm one of those people that I know where the off button is on my phone, and <laughs> um, I, I know where it is because there are times that it is just necessary to unplug at least as much as possible for me to do, and it is a situation where I've had people get mad at me. Why didn't you answer the phone? I actually had oh. somebody say, on a project I was working on programming project about two years ago. And it's one of the reasons I'm not right now is because I called you at three o'clock in the morning. You didn't pick up your phone. Yeah, that's right. I didn't. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had I had someone quite a few years ago yell at me for not answering my cell phone. Well, I was driving. Yeah. And at that time, uh, cell phones were still, you know, kind of new. You know, we had flip phones and things like that. And those were the latest thing. And, um, I had this person scream at me for not answering my cell phone. Well, I'm driving. I want to focus on driving, not playing with the cell phone. Yeah. It's just, uh, well, they say that texting and driving, especially, is actually more dangerous, distracted driving than, uh, drunk driving in a lot of cases. Yes. And causes more accidents and, and that type of a thing. And I'm one of those people too, as a, as a technology person. I mean, that's what I do. Um, I don't text while I'm driving ever. I mean, that's just not a thing. And as far as accepting phone calls, you know, with the Bluetooth system, it is supposed to be safe. I will do it sometimes if I'm on a longer drive. But yeah, if I'm in traffic or something, I don't pick up even on that. And it's just because, again, your focus should be on the road. You're driving. It's kind of that's more important. And it's very, very unlikely that you're going to get a phone call that's so important that you have to take it right now. Well, when you're driving, you're already multitasking, whether people realize that or not. Yeah. You're listening, uh, you're you're watching, and you're also doing coordination with your hands and arms, you know, and then you're also doing things with your feet. So there's a lot going on. You're already multitasking. I know one of the differences, and Gretchen, you talk about cultural and reliance on technology and its difference that's happened very recently in the last 10 years or so is uh, if the lights went out, there was normally something you could go do. And it seems yeah. like now everything is tied in some way. You can't even read a book without your device. You know, all of these type of things require power to work. They're batteries, so they'll last for a little while. But there is so much that you can't, can't do without it. And the Internet's another one. And I've kind of realized that with the ice storm here. We got our power back, but we didn't get the Internet back right away. And uh, 90% of watching television isn't cable, it's streamed, you know? Yep. And mm-hmm. all of that type of a thing. And it's it's to a point now, and I still make the case that having physical media is something that's kind of obsolete. You have to have a place to store it, move it, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of it can't do the same high resolution that you can get online, and you don't have the selection. But on the same token, if you don't have the internet, nothing works like at all. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've been complaining about as well. Is I, I I do buy the movies and I keep the CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays just because I want to have them. Oh, I feel that way about software. I don't yeah. want this cloud software. I want software on my computer. Yeah. I don't want to have to be online to be able to do something. Kind of an interesting aside on this, and we've talked about the game Cyberpunk 2077 in the past, and 
I had originally bought it on Steam and then they that didn't work out and somehow I got a refund. I don't remember. So I ordered the physical copy of it for the PC and one does exist and they sent me in the mail a couple of days later what looked like a you know physical disc. And so I opened the package and there's no DVD, Blu-ray or anything else in there with the game on it. It's just a card to download it. But there were CDs of all things with it with a music soundtrack and some kind of stuff like that. And that was pretty cool, but I still physically wasn't able to get the software on media. And since That's it's crazy. a multiple, multiple gigabyte file to download, it is something that uh, wouldn't physically fit on media. Hmm. So, you know, you're wow. dealing, dealing with that too. Now, I know, Jeremy, one of the things you've talked about is when you buy a Blu-ray or a DVD, a lot of times there's special features and that type of thing, which a lot of times you don't get on the streaming version of it either. Well, yeah, and there is stuff like uh, we noticed on Netflix, there's a couple of little tabs that you can scroll to when, during, when you're watching a, a show that has some trailers and some other stuff, but it doesn't have all the deleted scenes and the interviews. They only have a few of them. Right. Now, so my, it's, it's kind of interesting. My experience, though, with Blu-ray, not so much DVD, but Blu-ray, back in the days that I had a Blu-ray player like that, is it had to go online and download updates to be able to play the discs. So, Sometimes, yeah, those are and those are the codec phone codec uh, things that they've made updates to or whatever. Right, right. But that's not that's not like it has to be online in order for it to work. Right, and codecs are the um, way that it decodes the video format and audio format on there. And a lot of times these are proprietary to prevent copying or at least attempt to and that kind of thing. So that's where that comes from. But yeah, you do yeah. have a situation where. It is definitely, as things are changing to being a lot more online, uh, there's some problems that come with that, especially if you lose your long online access, which a lot of people are figuring out right now. Send us your <laughs> questions and comments. What have you been dealing with with the storms? Have you lost internet? What did you do about it? This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show where we answer your questions or at least attempt to. How do you send us your questions? Well, I'm glad you asked, and that one I can answer. You can give us a call, 503-766-6264-247, or on social media, use one user-friendly at Facebook or Twitter, or go to userfriendlynation.com. What questions do we have this week? What? is a scrum master. Yeah, that's uh, something that sounds like it should be out of a video game, I would think. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Uh, it is absolutely not. Um, so they have different kinds of development methodologies. So let me take a step back on that one. If you're a programmer, there are frameworks for the way that you do your programming, kind of the philosophy, if you will, behind how it works. And one of these is called Scrum. And this <laughs> approach allows you to build projects while approaching the problems within the projects adaptively. In other words, if you start at one point and figure out a different solution, you can adapt and use that solution. And it's one of several different kinds of ways to deal with programming that are what are known as best practices to allow you and your team to have an approach that everybody will understand that you're able to deal with getting a project done. So that's what this actually refers to. So is this something that's like uh, allows for flexibility? 
In this particular case, yes. And, and Scrum defines how that methodology works. There's actually a website called scrum.org, which goes into this in a lot more detail if anybody's interested. Okay. What is a rollable phone? So the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas did happen virtually this year, and this is one of the things they presented. We've heard about the phones that fold, and the first couple of those that came out didn't work so well, although it seems like Samsung and others have really been able to perfect them, and the ones they have currently uh, do work a lot better. And now they're going to a step where the uh, screen within the phone itself is actually rollable or flexible in some ways. So I still think this is early adopter technology. I'd like to see this actually in the market before you spend the almost $2,000 suggested retail price to get one of these. But the idea is that you have a smaller device that still fits in your pocket, but you have a bigger screen like what would be in a tablet or on a PC when you want it. Wow. <laughs> Was the kiss between Rey and Kylo Ren romantic in The Last Jedi? So why now I- I'm going to leave this to you guys because... I didn't see the movie. Yeah, this is I refused. A, definitely a question that could cause some controversy. And mm-hmm. uh, it's actually one that's come in a couple of times since the movie came out. It's just we're uh, oh. going ahead and using it now because I actually have a little bit of an answer. And HuffPost talked to some of the people involved in the movie and whether or not this was meant to be romantic. And basically, what they've been told is that the kiss was filmed and it would be based on kind of how the movie went to whether or not it stays in. So that was originally answer number one. It wasn't necessarily absolutely going to be there, obviously. So it wasn't an important thing. It wasn't specific to the script, I think would be the best uh-huh. way to put that. And okay. um, But however, it worked, and they left it in. At least the producer and director, J.J. Uh, Abrams and so on, agreed. And people that saw the film, at least when it was first coming out, agreed. And according to people on the set that are in the know, it was meant to be romantic. So I think this is up to the Star Wars fans to really decide, but that's what I was able to find out. Can cold weather affect a smartphone? Yes. Um, No segue there. (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Except for the moment of (laughs) silence. Um, Anyway... (laughs) Uh, sorry. Anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> can cold weather affect smartphones? So we've all had a lot of it and had a chance to to test this out. And electronic devices have a temperature range that they'll work in. Usually they overheat and will shut off. However, the same thing can happen to the device if they get cold. Uh, usually 32 degrees or below will allow the phone to shut off to protect itself from its thermal devices. And uh, if this happens, you just want to get your phone to a working temperature. If you're not cold, the phone will probably be just fine. But yes, this can happen from an idea of the device. However, the idea of a cell site or something like that, they are normally designed to be out in the weather. So when you start losing cell service, that's not necessarily the temperature of the phone. That's due to the fact that they're losing power or connectivity or something at the cell sites. Can I get the new PS5 yet? Yeah, we're just about out of time on our Q&A today, so I'm glad this is a short question. No. Uh, The Mm. one footnote I will give to you on that is they're saying somewhere around April is probably when they're going to be available, still available from the scalpers, but you'll drop at least a grand, if not more, to get it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Going to be talking a little bit about the Oculus Quest 2. We covered this product when it first came out last fall, and I'd like to welcome everybody. Jeremy, Gretchen, Bill, Jim, welcome to User Friendly. What's up? Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, going to have a little bit of a round robin here, but I'm going to start, Jim, by putting you on the spot, because I know you just got your headset recently. So what do you think of it? Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. My wife is really enjoying it. And uh, I actually took it into work and uh, two people there are buying one. Okay, so I do have to ask you a question. <laughs> How do I get a job where I can bring my VR headset to work with me? <laughs> uh, okay, I was hoping for an answer, but obviously, <laughs> I think you caught him off guard there. So anyway, so but it sounds it, it sounds like it's something that's gone over. I, you know, VR is very different from pretty much any other kind of gaming that's out there because of the environment. And I had been able to play with one of the older versions of these quite some time ago, and it seems like this one is an upgrade. I do like the fact that you don't have to have cables on it. And that was one of the big things from the other one, the Rift that we had. It was good system, too. But uh, it seems like this has been a nice upgrade. What do you think about the battery life, and what games have you tried out? Uh, so the battery life is pretty good. I'm getting about two and a half to three hours of gameplay out of a battery charge, okay. um, which is more than enough for me to be on, a, on any kind of video game. Um, I've tried uh, Beat Saber, which I really enjoyed. I tried Elven Assassin, which was kind of a fun archery uh, archery game. And I tried Swords of Gigantus, I believe it was, which uh, I'm actually in the process of checking out Oculus's return policy with that one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that gives you a difference. Uh, oh, man, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Beat Saber, which is one of the more popular games that's out there, and we kind of stumbled upon that by accident, looking up something that was Star Wars-esque a couple of years ago, and they've continued to update it. Now, Gretchen, I know you did like it. Do you still? Oh, yeah. Uh, and we've even kind of played around and found some other little things that we didn't actually realize that it had. It has this thing where you can play uh, 90 degrees or 360. And what I mean by that is if you pick 360, that means the little uh, the little blocks will come at you from all around you. Mm. And if you pick 90, well, then it's you, it's, you yeah. get 90 degrees worth of different angles of where the blocks come at you. And it's really fun and challenging. I'm still working on a straight line with that. Now, one of the things I do like with that game is they've introduced a network mode. So you can actually play online with other people. And the yeah. way they've done it is kind of cool. And not that I've ever lost or failed in the middle of a round, but when I did <laughs> that just to see how it worked, uh, which of course was the reason, it's kind of cool because it gives you where you're a spectator and you can watch the other people that are playing like you're sitting in the stands. And uh, so they've got a lot of <laughs> little cool. just details like that that are, that are kind of cool. And it's uh, yeah, it seems like something that's a lot of fun and it's good exercise. Now, Bill, I know you've tried some other things. Um, tell us a little bit about what your experience has been since the last time we talked about it. Uh, let's see. I went and got a, uh, what is it, Trover Saves the Universe, which is a funny game, but um, I guess you could say it's definitely for adults just based on the language and content. I mean, it's nothing risque, but, you know, it right. is uh, based on the people who make Rick and Morty, so that kind of humor. Um uh, I really haven't gotten too much into other stuff on it, to be honest. Um, mine has been linking it up to using it on Steam, 
uh, things like that by using a cable and such that right. we've discussed before. But I did hear an interesting piece of news today that they are going to possibly do a firmware update to increase the frame rate capable in the Oculus Quest 2 to 120 hertz. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's currently at 90, to, uh, 90, so. And that would actually make sense because there's a number of features in it that are not activated. That's one thing I was, when I was doing kind of the geeking out on it and seeing what all was out there, it does seem like there is a path to them enhancing what already exists on this because uh, there's some hardware like what you're talking about, the capabilities are more. And one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, Bill, because I know you're the only one of us so far that's really done this, is played with the cable. And that allows you to be able to use some of the software from the Rift, I know. And how has that worked out? I mean, have you run into any problems with it? Does it work just like the old headset? Is it something people should try? I have found it to be pretty good. Um, it does seem to be a little glitchy. And like, uh, as Oculus says itself, it is kind of a in-the-works setup to run this uh, Quest Link. There is another method, but you require... Um, Oh, it's a, one of the new fancy routers with a new uh, system on it to get information across in the right speeds and such to w go without the cables, but still operate it as if it was the uh, Rift headset. Um, it definitely opens up a lot more game choices because then you, are, you can get the Rift games through Oculus. Uh, you can also go through Steam. I believe there's a couple others that you can go through that will connect to it when you get the setup right. Okay, so it's it sounds like it's worth doing, and it's still in there, and it's a lot being developed. So, Jim, I've got to ask you, what are you looking at down the road? Have you uh, figured out any other games that you want to get? I know we've talked about uh, trying out the Star Trek game. Uh, looking at the Star Trek game, uh, I can't remember the name of it right offhand. Uh, there was one that I was looking at called, I believe, Gorn, uh, okay. that was just kind of a hack and slash that looked like it could be quite a bit of fun. Arena Pit Fighter. Uh, yeah. Um. Just still kind of going through and, and looking at what what's out there. Were you talking about Star Trek Bridge Crew? Bridge Crew, yeah. yeah. That's I couldn't think of it either. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one I think we're all going to try out here, and we'll have to review it. Oh, yeah. review. So one of the other things I've been playing with on this myself is the idea you can with a, normally with a VR headset. There's a mode where other people in the room can see what you're doing on a screen, like a television, or in this case, your phone. And one of the things that I've been trying to do is get it to work with a smart TV. And there are some that it supports directly, but I use Fire TV, and that wasn't one of them. So I've been playing around with a little bit of that, too. And it looks like they've kept the development platform pretty open, and it is possible to get all of that to work. So as soon as I get a procedure that doesn't fry my Fire TV like the last one did, I'll go ahead and post it on our social media for anybody that's using it. But I don't recommend doing it just yet. It worked. But then nothing else did afterwards. So that was nice. a little yeah. bit of a bummer. But, uh, you know, we're getting there. You got to try all of these different things out. And the other thing that I've heard is that they're adding a mode for people in the room so that it'll work with the surround lighting systems that are coming out, like the Philips Hue. Mm. And uh, so it's a little bit more of an experience. Now, I don't know how that would benefit you while you're on the headset because you wouldn't it see would it. It would not, no. But it could be something that would add to the atmosphere so it's like not just one person that's using the thing and everybody else has to kind of just sit there and wait. So, uh, you know, so that works. Some of the drawbacks are still the fact that you have to have the Facebook account and doing multiple player modes is not something I've been able to figure out how to do on it. I'm sure it's possible. So if anybody out there uses a VR headset, Oculus, and knows how to, Make it so you can switch it between users. 
I'd love the feedback. And a lot of other people would have their question answered. So something to look in there there. But like you say, it's still a platform that's in development uh, in a lot of ways, but it's really cool. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Great show this week. I still like terms like Scrum Master. You know, we've got a lot of these different acronyms. It's weird. It it almost sounds like it's something bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like initially, you know, something that should be in a game or whatnot. uh, But it has the word, uh, you take one letter away and it's scum. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's like all Somebody needs to write that language. But technologists love acronyms. So does everybody, you know. it's yeah. uh, not everybody. Seeing a lot of changes. Weight Watchers is now WW. Lumber Liquidators is now LL. WW, that means they're into wrestling. And when you get <laughs> yeah. that many Ws together, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's WWF. Anyway, so I hear you've been checking out a new, what is it, a game or a movie? or? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still playing with my Oculus Quest 2, right? right? right. And, uh, you know, I'm a fledgling gamer. I'm not like hardcore and I don't understand um, how to use the controls perfectly. So I'm a real slow poke. And so I decided, okay, I'm really having a great time with Beat Saber. um, And I've been dying to try some of the Star Wars oriented stuff. Right. So I decided to uh, get um, Vader Immortal 1 because there's like three of them. So I figure, oh, start at the beginning. So this has been uh, kind of fun. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, it, it's beautifully done. Um, some of the scenes, like when you're on the ship and you're looking out over Mustafar, it really kind of gives you this feeling like you're in that world and you're looking out, uh, out the ship's viewports. Right. It's really cool. And um, luckily, I've been able to f- just figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, There aren't instructions. They don't tell you to do this, to do that. Sometimes the (laughs) robot will hint to you, oh, maybe you should pull that lever. And I'm like, pull the lever. I can't see it. I'm right now I'm stuck at a point where we're on the side of a building. I think it's Vader's castle and our fortress or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, one wrong step and I'm going to be falling off this thing. And I'm like, what lever are you talking about? I can't see it. So (laughs) (laughs) nice, but it's really kind of a cool game. No, that's that's cool. So it is a game. It is a game. Yeah, and it's kind of like a game, but it's also like a story. Uh, And uh, so it's kind of fun to experience. And (laughs) as soon as I'm done with it, I'll try to talk Jeremy into it too. You wanted to talk very hard. (laughs) Give it a try. Have to get your opinion. So Vader Immortal (laughs) on the Oculus Rift virtual reality headset, and it is out on some others. And there's a lot of really cool stuff I noticed coming out too. Beat Saber, you mentioned that they're offering some uh, some new options for that. We'll talk about. But uh, yeah, I don't know. These things are a lot of fun, and it's very different what you can do. And I think one of the things is this lack of being able to get some of the new consoles has actually allowed for virtual reality to come into its hole a little more because they're available. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge.
User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.